It's Barely in Topic, a podcast for Boston Bruins fans by Boston Bruins fans. Ah, welcome to Barely Topic. Uh, <laughs> 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 That's easy for you to say. We are entering the new year hot. Yes, welcome to Barely on Topic. <laughs> it's been so long, I don't know how to speak anymore. <laughs> and I, of course, am VA. I'm here with Jeff. Howdy ho. <laughs> and Tim. Hello, hello. And Nick is on special assignment, which is not here. <laughs> it's been a while. First, I, I must apologize for why it's been a while. I haven't felt like talking about hockey for a while. And we're going to get into that. We're going to get into that. But let me explain a little bit of stuff beforehand. Uh, like lots of people, I suffer from some depression issues. I have been diagnosed with depression major depression. I have an anxiety disorder, all that fun stuff. I have medication. It's been a godsend and all that stuff. This time of year is usually a pretty big trigger for me because one, the holidays, they can be a mix of happy and sad. And also two, it's winter. And uh, right now I'm currently on the ice planet Hoth, which is always so exciting for me. I love being trapped in my house. It's so fantastic. Uh, And lately, in the last few years, we we basically get ice. We get a lot of ice, and uh, I've also broken two ankles uh, slipping on ice. So, not really a great time of year for me. But I just want to say I've been actually okay with all of that stuff. Like I said, medication's great, and I've worked through. I, I'm blessed with insight. I have a lot of like, uh, I, I have a lot of uh, things that I know I need to work on that I've been working on. It's fantastic. I'm fine. I am probably the finest I've ever been, except for this fucking COVID pandemic. I have hit the wall and I have been like, you know, I've been trying to just be like, okay, yep, I understand what we have to do. We have to mask up. We have to get the vaccinations. We have to, you know, be kind and considerate and all of these different things and, you know, uh, you know, I, I've limited how much I go out and, and I was starting to feel like, ooh, life is almost getting back to normal, except we still have to wear masks in certain places and flash a vaccination card. Fine, whatever, doing all the stuff I need to do. It, like so many of us out there, we're doing the things that we need to do. And then this new variant came and so many people are getting sick. And I, you know, it's like we have to do that that mental calculation Every day of, is this thing that I want to do worth the risk of getting sick? And for me, it's not a matter of getting sick. Like, I'm just like, oh, I'm so afraid I'm going to get sick because I'm not afraid I'm going to be hospitalized or something like that. I'm not afraid of a headache and the and the, the vague feeling of a sinus infection, which is what I've heard a lot of descriptions of, of getting it after being vaccinated. Uh, I'm not afraid of that. I'm afraid that it will just inconvenience my tiny family. Okay. Because I'm the frontward facing person in my family. I'm the one who goes and does the shopping. I take care of the dog. We go for walks and and whatnot. And I do all that stuff. So 
My husband works like 50 something hours a week, maybe more because working from home, hey, guess what? Your hours are, you're kind of a captive audience in some way. I'm the one who makes things run outside of that. So if I get sick and have to isolate, that's a week that's gone that we have to figure these things out. Luckily with technology, we can figure out some of these things, but I just don't want to get sick because I don't want to like have to shut things down for a while. Okay. So uh, I know other people have very valid concerns. Like they don't want to get sick because they don't want to get sick. I get it. We all have our reasons to not want to get the, the virus. So I just, I've hit the wall. I'm losing my mind. And right now watching hockey is not necessarily the top of my list. It doesn't bring me the greatest joy because the Bruins are having a weird season. Okay, so that that's me. The other guys, I don't know. I mean, I know Jeff had some pretty bad things taken from him because of this new variant, so... No, it's just it. I was, you know, supposed to be, you know, finally see my, my parents and brothers for the first time in two years. And uh, that, that, that couldn't happen. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the pandemic is, is hard for everyone. It really is. So we're all going through it. It's just, it's just hard. So, so I'm sorry. I haven't wanted to really talk about a hockey team, especially a hockey team that, Basically, all of them caught COVID. <laughs> um, you know, the the whole league was shut down a little early because of outbreaks. Uh, it, it's been like frustrating. And uh, hopefully we'll get back into more of a regular flow. But it's it's just mentally. I'm just tired. So tired. And I know everybody else is. Everybody's somewhere on that that spectrum. So I'm going to admit something. I have only watched one game this week. They've been playing since January 1st. I have only watched one game because really only one game fit any of the criteria that would make me want to talk about it. So so I, I did attempt to watch. Uh, I've watched two full games and one two thirds of another. Oh, despite good. the fact that I complained about despite the fact that I complained about the first game back was a and it was a matinee ugh, against Buffalo. Ugh, <laughs> I, I had not watched any hockey in some time, so I, I I did. And then of course they played so poorly the first two periods. I did not. I walked away and missed mm-hmm. the comeback. <laughs> um, I had the game on, but I wouldn't say I was watching it. You know, I'm going to be honest, I've watched I more Providence Bruins than Boston Bruins this year. Yeah, yeah. I, I you know what? You know, what? another thing that's really sucked is that the um, the last two or three pride games have been canceled or pride weekends have been canceled because they also have a covid outbreak. So it's like, I mean, I've been. I've been watching the Pride this year. We have tickets. We can see it on ESPN Plus, you know, and we can't see it if they're not playing games. Uh, so that sucks. You know, it just makes me mad. But anyway, yeah, the game was on last weekend. I wasn't really watching it, but I took my, my dog for a walk. And I happened to get in, into the car on the way, you know, to come back home. 
when Charlie Coyle scored the overtime goal. Mm, yeah. I'm just saying, I, I have not been a good fan. I, I did not wa- really watch the Buffalo game. There was no way I was watching that that Red Wings game, even though they did very well. I didn't watch that game because, you know what? It was on during Patriots game, okay? Yeah, and then, like, I didn't really want to watch the Devils game because it was against the Binghamton Devils rather than the New Jersey Devils. But I did, and I don't regret it. I mean, like, not getting to see Dougie clown and Dougie get get routinely clowned by the Bruins was a... Uh, was disappointing, but you know he's uh he's out with a broken jaw. Did so. he break his jaw on purpose? <laughs> I mean, I usually one doesn't take a puck to the face on purpose, but I see what you're going for, and I like it. <laughs> <laughs> he's ducking the Bruins. He's, he's clearly afraid of the Bruins. <laughs> the first thing I thought, did he make sure that he couldn't play against the Bruins? And then I thought it was a broken jaw. I'm like, who punched Dougie? <laughs> Which museum employee was it? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, going to to museums is more dangerous, huh? (laughs) Anyway. Although I did giggle every time Jack Jack says says Jack Hughes. um, uh, Jack Hughes! That doesn't go away. Jack Hughes! (laughs) Jack Hughes! (laughs) (laughs) Every time I hear his name, I hear Jack Hughes. (laughs) Uh, Thanks, Jeff. Gonna be another Jack Hughes probably drafted in the first round next spring too. Really? He's at um I can't remember if it's BC or BU, but yeah, or maybe maybe Northeastern, one of the Boston universities. Interesting. Jacques Jacques. Jacques. Basically, when basically when the, when that guy makes the league, there will inevitably be a game that is literally the two Spider Man's meme, <laughs> and they're even pointing. <laughs> oh my god if they were both centers it would be great they are they've got to get the same number they've got to get the same number <laughs> crazy crazy that's like last year I think it was last year in baseball when Will Smith hit a home run off Will Smith <laughs> I feel like there needs to be some sort of there needs to be some sort of jaunty rap to to to, uh, to soundtrack that there, Tim. Wow, that is fun. That is that is very fun. But anyway, I, I just I really wasn't in the mood to watch the game um, against the Devils, and then Thursday night with the Wild, the, the Mild. I almost watched that game. It was like 15 minutes out, and like, oh, game's come. No, <laughs> I watched part of it, which is big for me. I haven't seen too many games on ESPN. So I was like, I tuned in because I was like, okay, I don't know who the guy who's calling it was that, you know, I got a little Brian Boucher time. Didn't get to see him, but I heard him, you know, you know, I love me a Rhode Islander. So, so basically. Anyway, I'm pleased I didn't watch the Minnesota game because like, honestly, like after seeing the discourse on Friday, I'm like, oh, I'm thinking I'm happier. I didn't see this. So that I'm not tempted to participate. I saw the Bruins score. And then I saw them go down to a five on three against, and then I saw Minnesota score twice. And then I was like, okay, I'm all done. You know, the thing about that too, is it's like, you know, it was a really stupid, like, regardless whether it's predatory or not, I'm not choosing to address, address that costing your team a game like that 
when you're Trent Frederick holding on to your, your roster spot by your absolute fucking fingernails. And to be honest, should have already lost it. Noshik and Bleed have both been much better than Frederick has at any point this season. You don't want to co- you don't want to single-handedly cost your team a game. Because when everyone's healthy, I don't see how Frederick stays on this roster. He, he seems reckless. I mean, when everyone's healthy, I think have a feeling we're not going to see Nick Foligno for a few months, but we'll see. <laughs> uh, yeah. Look, uh, I don't. I'm not really familiar with what happened with Frederick. Are we talking about the Kaprizov hit? Yeah, I mean, he the the team Burns lost that game because of the uh, because of the ensuing power play. So, like, yeah, he did that. Okay, okay. I would, Regardless I, of whether it's predatory or intentional, he still played recklessly, right? Like that's. <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> guys going down against the wall. You don't need to hit them. I- I'm not saying it's predatory. I'm just saying guys going down against the wall. You don't need to hit them. You can go stand near them. You don't need to hit them. And it and in no way I watched that again and again. In no way do I think that was like a blindsided hit or that it, it did any more damage to Kaprizov than whatever was already going on with him. I don't know. The one thing I will say is people say, oh, but people are trying to pull over. I'm like, well, here's the thing about that is like if you have if you try to pull out of a hit and you can't, that means you were playing in a dangerous way to begin with because you need to have control. Right. Everybody was up in arms about the their sweet baby angel, whatever, Kaprizov getting hit or something and, and being out of the game. And I, I don't know. You know what? Nobody has a sympathy when that happens to our players. So, uh I kind of well, and then again, the people again. The reason Twitter's freaking out is because Kaprizov, as you said, is one of their sweet baby angels, and um, uh, well, for basically a filing cabinet on skates. So, yep. <laughs> all I'm saying is that when Tom Hill, uh, Tom Wilson goes and takes somebody out with a blindsided hit in the middle of the ice, uh, nobody else is in such an uproar if it's one of our players. Yeah, And I saw somebody go like, the NHL should absolutely protect their star players because they need to to grow their market. And I'm like, no, every player so needs want, to be so, treated. So are they advocating for them doing selective discipline based on who you hit? Yep. Because that's what that sounds like that's advocating for. That's what they were adver- advocating for. So basically, if you make yeah, that-, that. That's the most that's the stupidest fucking thing I've ever heard. That's up there with, you know, killers being judged worse than other murderers by court, but by the courts. Like, that's bullshit. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> the identity of the victim is not relevant. <laughs> no, no. Um, I, I saw that. And it's like, yeah, I know the league already does that. And they will already, like, suspend somebody based on reputation, too, rather than what they actually did. So I, I get it. I don't think that's right. I think every player should be treated equally because that's how it should be but it's never like that in any of the leagues either i i don't necessarily buy into that uproar other than it's like okay yeah trent frederick did something dumb okay he got penalized there you go we move on um so but anyway last night that was the game to watch and i went into that game with zero expectations of the bruins winning i'm just gonna say like they got every. Tampa's got everyone back. They were full. The Tampa was at full force. I I thought this is this is uh, this isn't going to be nice. They didn't have McDonough. <laughs> they didn't have McDonough because he he blocked a shot. I mean, but like McDonough's also like depending on how you want to measure, either their third or fourth defenseman. <laughs> right, but I'm just saying if you're saying they're at full strength, 
technically they weren't because they had shoes. Okay, but, okay, but I mean that in the context that they've got Hedman and Kusharov back, both okay. of whom have been and, out for some time. And right? Braden Point <laughs> is back too, yeah. And Point, and Point, yeah, like, like so, yeah. I, I was just clarifying, that's all. I mean, we were missing McAvoy, we were missing Noshik, who, Noshik is the driver of that fourth line, right? And we had Frederick instead. So, because no shit, you un- can see Frederick was being dragged up and down the ice by his wingers last night. Mm-hmm. Lazar and Bleed, yeah, Lazar and Bleed both had pretty good games, especially Bleed. Frederick was there, so I'm long past the point of why I'm long past the point of why is Trent Frederick at all, even when he has a good game. It's like, eh, it's still a very generic good game. <laughs> well, we all know why Trent Frederick's there. He lends that air of toughness. But he doesn't. He doesn't actually do the things you expect someone who's there to do that does. <laughs> I, I'm not saying it's Trent right. I don't think he serves a purpose at all because he doesn't even do the – he doesn't even fill his stated purpose. Ergo, he doesn't serve a purpose at all. Well, okay. Okay. I'm just saying <laughs> that that is the pretense on why he's there. I'm not saying it really works out. It's just why he's supposed to be there. But he fills the quota of players that wear the number 11. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Anyway, I would even argue that Bleed had a better game last night once Felino went down with injury and the team was just like, let's cycle through everybody. Woo! Bellino and Steen have had like the, 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 there's some Swedish hive mind going on there. Like holy fuck, eh? You mean bleed and, and like, Steen? Like, you said Bellino and Steen. Yes, yes, bleed. Yeah, thank you. Yes, yeah. yes, bleed. <laughs> like, but like, 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 like that that play before that bleed goal. Like holy shit, Oscar Steen. Like, yeah, looks like the real deal. Capital R, capital D. <laughs> I I'm excited to see more from him. I think he needs to stay. Uh, and you know, was did he start out in the fourth line? Now he's on the third. Yeah, most of his previous recalls have been on the fourth line, and you know, the rotating cast of fourth line right wings have been more likely to get the third line right wings over right, right side uh, reps over him. But the last three games, of course, he's been on that line, and it's been revelatory. And I I mean I think at this point too. Like I think he, not only does he de- deserve a chance, he he's basically done all he really can in Providence. I he's like at a point per game this year, or maybe more. I I can't remember exactly off the top of my head. I'm looking it up, but yeah, he's got ten goals and ten assists in sixteen games. I mean, what more is there to prove down there? Yeah, I mean, it's his time. This is his time to do it, and uh, they seem to like him. And you know what got me thinking last night, too, is like, you know what, between him and the fact that Bleed's finally grabbing this by the balls, you know, maybe Big Bad Bruins has always been a myth. Maybe the Bruins, maybe this is is Brad's team now. The thing to be a Bruin now is to be fucking irritating. (laughs) (laughs) The big irritating Bruins. (laughs) <laughs> They're not even all that big. You're hitting Bruins. Yeah. <laughs> the normal human sized irritating Bruins. The... <laughs> 
I mean, a few of them are kind of short by normal people, let alone hockey player standards. <laughs> Steen is a Well, he fits right in with the Brad hockey school of irritation. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, I would take 5-9. I would take 5-9, too. I mean, I'm sitting here at 5-5. Five, five. If I put on my Same big old plat- if I put my big old platforms on, I'm five eight. So I like being five eight. I would like to be taller than five eight too. But anyway, yep, uh, Steen is five nine, for sure. Just looked it up and um, has like some serious Marty St. Louis thighs. Like holy, oh, fuck, yeah. right? Yeah, those are those are watermelons. Those are huge. <laughs> Okay, so that was a picture of him with Pippi's long stockings. Okay. Um, I was not yeah. sure. That picture was going around, like, and I, I don't know Steen well enough to know his face. Uh, I'm looking at it right now, though. Yep, that's a Steen face. Uh, I mean, so, I mean so, like, Bruce was talking about after the game about his powerful thighs and butt, so. Uh, well, yeah, he fit. So, long story short, Bruce, Bruce appears to be a little in love like, with Oscar Steen right now, too, because, you know. <laughs> How can you not be? One thing that hockey guys and drag race have in common, they like a big old butt. <laughs> <laughs> and his is in pristine condition. Oh, boy. Oh, no, it's so bad. <laughs> oh, no. No, it's not good to him at all. Like, like no. But, like, one of the things that I do, too, is... is and this was talked about, I think, when he first came over to North America. Is that, like Steen, even though small, was like a, a likely to succeed because he's built like a fire hydrant. To uh, I don't remember who said that. It might have been Luda King, but yeah, he and it's true. And <laughs> he's not afraid to kind of get in dirty areas of the ice and grind out shit either. Like that was one of the main things. I think that was a lot of the reason why I thought he'd succeed over here from coming from. Sweden is he doesn't I don't know I know the the ice over there is larger he doesn't need the extra space well why he doesn't would take he? up much space yeah yeah I was just gonna say why would he he's, he's just a little fella <laughs> he is 5'9 199 pounds that is uh that is a yeah, build yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah okay and here's the thing he's played 10 career games he's one four and five but those one, four, and five came in the seven games that he's been called up this season. No, <laughs> you know, so it's like he—he's like, this is my moment. I am taking it. I am the moment. Well, that play to make the bleed goal happen was just a sheer force of will. Man, that was just gorgeous. Such a happy. Like, like he broke like four. He broke like four bolts, like four bolts ankles in the process. Just. <laughs> Shattered them all. You guys all have stumps for feet now. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So so let, let's recap the game a little bit, okay? Because for the kids at home who maybe didn't watch or did watch, and they might want us to talk about this a little bit. Before the game, they were talking about, uh, on Nesson, they were talking about how pasta needs to break through. Break through. Come on, kid. It's time for you to, like, start scoring the goals. Now, there was already positive signs because his goal in um, uh, his game winner in New Jersey was that was a nice goal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. His first goal last night was such a fluky thing because it's like to look at it, it looks like he just shot the thing and Vasilevsky forgot that he was net minding in a game. 
You know, he was just kind of like, oh, that just went by me. Oh, wait a minute. Where am I? <laughs> I mean, Vasilevsky obviously thought that it was going to go well to his right. The way he looked at it, it was just like, oh, I don't even have to move to that one because it's so far off. And uh, that it might have just taken a weird bounce. And it just went in. And it was just like, and it, we're all sitting there like, what? And it was very early in the game. It was like, what, within the first two minutes? And I'm like, if this is the way this game's going to go, I think I'm going to like it. <laughs> you know, and that's it, interesting because like the first half of the first, I didn't have a good feeling about this game at all. No. The Bruins were getting pretty badly outshot. But Pasta scored two goals. I'm just like, ah, this is one of those stressful 2-0 games, isn't it? <laughs> and then, honestly, from the rest of the game, over in aggregate, the Bruins had a slight edge in the shot clock. They ended up, they ended the game behind, but like only by like two shots after having been like outshot two to one at the midpoint of the first. I mean, I'm going to admit that this did not look like the Lightning team that I expected, but. I don't really know what to expect. We've only seen the Lightning once this season uh, in the Bruins one that was without Kucherov, without point. Um, and the Bruins, uh, Bruins didn't win. I'm sorry. The, the Bruins lost in overtime to that one, uh, to that team. Um, and we also didn't have Brad in that game. So uh, that game was like. Was that one of suspension games or was that, or was that a COVID game? That was a suspension game, December 4th. Uh, now, okay. the, I did happen to see the Lightning's first game this season, and they looked terrible. That was the game that they lost like 7-2 to to like Columbus or something. It was just ridiculous. Uh, or it wasn't Columbus. It was now a bad watching Tampa. Now, watching Tampa, though, their power play, which they weren't terribly successful on, like, honestly, like, that's an interesting power play to watch because it isn't a rigid system. It's it's an absolute swarm, which must be a nightmare to actually defend because there's no holding positions and stuff. You almost have to do man-to-man to defend that power play, but how do you do man-to-man on a, on a penalty kill? You can't do it. That's how you lose. <laughs> Bruins did well, so... Yeah, well, yeah I mean, the out. Bruins... It was five on three last night, and the Bruins defended... With, with Brad their and... Uh, with Brad... With their two best penalty killers. Yes, I was just gonna say that. I was just gonna say that. Brad and like, oh, but like, but, but, like, but Ber- Berkey went off and like, oh, no, 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 and then and then then they did it. Um, you know, Carlo and Forboard on the back end are 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 a, a dynamite penalty killing duo, and you know, Coyle's not a great penalty killer, but he did well for himself. Oh my God, <laughs> what about that, Carlo stuffing the puck? into Olmark's pads like going behind him and stuffing the puck in it was just like because it was right behind him he's like no another thing another thing in common between RuPaul's Drag Race and the Boston Bruins last night they both like a good tuck (laughs) also nice to see last night Urho looked good confident knew what he was doing usually he, he, usually he looks like a scared like a scared rabbit out there <laughs> yeah he actually in providence he's looked a the lot first time he's looked good since the, it's the first time he's looked good since the borowiski yep borowiski yeah um, and that was like what three years ago now <laughs> it seems like a no, that, was his first, that was his rookie year wasn't it that was his first year yeah i thought that was his second year I think so. was it his second year i think it so. could have been 
I, I can't remember because everything in before times is kind of cloudy. Except for that 2015-16 season. I remember that. Anyway. But yeah, like, 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 yeah, they put in Urho on the freaking top pair right side and he like was, was sound. Yeah, which is like okay, it's like um, it's like between him and Le- and apparently well, before the knee injuries, Zaboral appearing to turn the corner was like okay, we're we're finally getting something out of uh, all these suspect picks. Cool. <laughs> oh man, that that is heartbreaking about Zaboral. It really is ACL tear. He'll be fine. He'll come back. He's young. He's gonna. He's got the surgery. He'll do the rehab. It's just unfortunate because he was putting it all together. That's all. Again, he was like his underlines were phenomenal before the injury. Like, really was. Which actually, saying the word underlying is a sort of pivots in general. Before before I move on to that, actually, so these five games, the Bruins might actually be good. I know this a lot of several of these were against bad teams, but for one thing, they've gotten a goal out of every single forward they've dressed in these five games, except for Jake DeBrusque, who only played against Buffalo. Yeah, he's on COVID. Yeah. Protocol. Which, over five games, that's really impressive to get goals out of some 14 different forwards. Yep. Um, I mean, like, overall, the scores are, you know, are, 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 have been given up more than they necessarily should. But, like, this is ultimately a very good defensive team. Goaltending's been squirrely. It's been better. It's better than it was. But it's been a touch squirrely. I wonder why it's gotten a little bit better. I mean, it could just be the natural progression of the season, or it could have been because and some... like oh, Mar- and getting used to the system or something. Or is that Tuca's music I hear? Oh fuck! <laughs> Rask from the top rope. <laughs> <laughs> the goaltending has been a lot better since Tuca became the e bug. That one practice. Oh my god. That now, of course, in that time, goaltending discourse in, in amongst Boston hockey versus become even worse than it was before. Um, it's a mix of like, oh, rest is coming back. They should trade Olmark. I'm like, well, a that's not possible, and b probably not. No, see, oh, suddenly Swayman down will ruin it. It's like how the guys played like 25 professional games. How is sending him to Providence going to ruin him? <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, one. The, apparently, uh, um, Sweeney had the talk, or somebody somebody had the talk. Maybe it was uh, Cassidy who had the talk with Swayman and Ulmark back in October that uh, Tuca was probably coming back, and uh, that they, like, they would be prepared. Honestly, like well, you know what I think is going to happen is Swayman is going to go on the um, uh, taxi squad, which some people will freak out about. Practice with the team. And there's so many games to close out the season. We're going to see all three goalies, regardless of health. Yep. But I think, I, I think that this might be like Tuka's... Tuka's only going to be signed for the year, prorated. And I think that might be it, yeah. It's like Tuka's last shot. This is Tuka not wanting to go out on how that second round of the playoffs went for him. Mm-hmm. I think. He wants to make a go. He wants a, he wants a legacy, man. Well, I read something, I think it was from Fluto, basically straight up saying it's like he wouldn't have gotten the surgery if he wasn't planning on coming back. Exactly. Because he, he, he had full function as a human being, just not as a hockey player. Yeah. Yeah. 
So I love that statement, by the way. The statement from his uh, Finnish-born agent uh, with the Wasserman uh, group. Uh, or the Marcus Wasserman group. Yeah. There. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm back. <laughs> I'm back. Now, it kind of sucks that freaking um, uh, the Lehigh, Lehigh Valley got COVID, and so we didn't. So he didn't get his um, uh, his PTO games this weekend. And it seems really unclear. The team doesn't seem to know what they're doing, what they're going to do right now either. Yeah, I like mean, all the the reporters, like it might still see him this week, but we don't know because we don't know what the Bruins are going to do now. <laughs> you know and what? They're not talking. I think that's a good thing. I think that's a really good thing. I would thing. stick it out and still get into PTO games, to be honest. I wouldn't sign him this week, even though it seems there's an implication from some of the reporters that that might happen anyway. But I suspect they sold out and still got him his PTO and a couple games in Providence. Well, I mean, that, that's fine. I'm just saying, don't let your cards out so that everybody can see them. You know, just keep it close to the vest. Keep us guessing. It's great. Love it. Love the mystery. But anyway, yeah, I want providence to have the ability to see their hero the milk crate thrower the guy who can't for the life of him break a stick because he gets so angry and flustered that he just can't do it i mean yeah i'm just gonna say like it's a miracle he didn't stab a ref that one time but like you know because he just happened to have a knife in his hand oh my god that is one of my favorite tuka moments i i hate the whole thing like that i hate why that happened but it's one of my well, favorite how is that not a how is that not an automatic whistle I don't know. I don't know. I also don't know how he didn't get kicked out of the game for brandishing a weapon. But here we are. <laughs> because they thought it was a magic wand, maybe. That's what it was. How are we feeling about Tuka? I, a few weeks ago, was like, sign Tuka. I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready, 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 ready for this. And, and I'm still like, sign Tuka. I'm ready for this. And I think it's more of a, like, I know who and what Tuka is. And I up until that point had been really unhappy about the goaltending. I mean, last night, I, I think Olmark was probably the best he's been all year. Oh, that first period could have gotten out of hand if Olmark wasn't, if Olmark wasn't as on point as he was. Mm-hmm. You know what keeps you on point? To grass coming back. <laughs> and you know and see the advantage of having the the taxi squads back is you can keep swimming on the around which means you don't need to, which means you don't need to get don't need to break that up and the two of them can continue to be romantically involved because that 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 that, that Omark, um, uh, um, uh, swim, um, swim and bromance is very is clearly very real <laughs> they sit there they toast each other before the game with their gatorade bottles and <laughs> You know, it's beautiful. I love it. Everybody, I mean, like, look, you gotta, you gotta encourage the baby bear in any way that you can, right? But listen yeah. to this: we have goalies who are six three, six four, and six five. How awesome is that? Ooh, I love it. I want to be in that sandwich. <laughs> I mean, I feel like somewhere, like, like uh, you just caused Yaroslav Halak to shed a tear, and he doesn't know why. But oh, I'm sorry, Yaro. I just love a big, tall guy. He's <laughs> <laughs> just like, why am I crying? Why am I crying? <laughs> sorry, Darren Pang. You were never, ever in the mix. <laughs> that guy's shorter than me. (laughs) 
anyway, no, I, I'm I'm excited. I I'm glad that Olmark is playing better. Um, Swayman, you know, he's gonna have hiccups and everything, and it's fine. He knows. We all know. Uh, I'm he's not been, gonna criticize you know, him. And there's the thing is, he's been solid. Like not yeah. like last year's insane run, but he's been good, very good. Whatever's gonna improve the goalies, that's great. But I really think that there is something to be said about teams especially defense playing in front of goalies. Like they know, like everybody know on the defense, except for maybe Forbert, knows what Tuca wants. Because, you know, Tuca does not want you in certain sight lines, right? Honestly, but Forbert's also settled so comfortably into being Kevin Miller at this point that I don't think he's going to have that problem either. Right, <laughs> right. So it's like, you know, I mean, it's like, uh, it, it's a comfort level and it's like just knowing not to block out your your goalie's chance to to see the puck right so if you can keep Mm -hmm. keep that stuff it's great some goalies i imagine they have preferences about how close you play in the crease and stuff but whatever you know you learn that stuff but i would say a majority of the defense already knows that about tuca so i i welcome the return of tuca i'm excited for it i really hope the team rallies behind it and i hope they go on a run because they're going to need something because this schedule is nuts you know what I'm excited about this is we're actually going to get closure on one of the the, the uh, longtime favorites for once. Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't get closure on, on Krejci. I didn't get closure on Krug or Chara. Mm. No. So actually getting closure on Rask will be nice. It will. It will. Having one of these guys potentially get to retire as a Bruin will be nice. Yeah. So the Bruins won that game last night 5-2. to two. Just wanted to put that out there. Two goals by Pasta, two games by uh, two goals by Brad Marchand, one very important goal by Anton Bleed from Oscar Steen. Yep, uh, and it's important because that game would have been a three to two game instead of a four to two game before it became a five to two game. So th- that's a yeah. big difference. And then after that, Bleed and Steen both were just absolute dynamite after that goal, too. Like, all over the goddamn ice. Why wouldn't you be? You'd be fucking but, exciting. As excited, I would think. Well, so. that was just it. Like, 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 both of them were absolute. Like, just just, just fantastic. Like, I'm, I'm actually blown away. Um, and one point that was floating around, both of them are sixth round picks. <laughs> sixth, th- sixth round Swedish phenomenons. Uh, Swedish uh, smorgasbords, no. Um, sme- no, Swedish meatballs? Mm, maybe. Mm. Yeah, it's probably meatballs a fair way to describe uh, um, uh, um, uh, uh, Mastin, at least. Yeah. Mm, mm. Aspect ratio-wise, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's round and dense. <laughs> <laughs> um, and look, you know, so... The other thing about these last five games is Bruce finally moved Pasta to the second line. Oh, boy. This conversation goes two different directions. Let's take the rosy one first. How about that? Okay. Okay. Yes. So two two players that have not been fantastic this season for Boston, or at least not to the level that they're supposed to be. Three, actually, because let's face it. I mean, I was going to forgive Pasta to the end of the world, given what happened to him and his girlfriend last May. But, um, yeah, yeah. Um, he could have gotten blanked this season. I would have been like, well, 
<laughs> Not that it's my decision to do this, but I gave him a pass because I can't even imagine what that must be like. And Hall and Pasta, there's there's a thing there. Good. But well, Hall needs something to kick him into gear. And it's it's working like <laughs> Yeah, he said that he, he over the break, the extended break, he uh was uh examining his game and trying to improve it. So that's good. That's what you want to hear, right? I mean, he's one of the more cerebral guys in the league, so you'd expect that. But it's good to hear him saying it. It's really <laughs> weird seeing the way that his mouth falls open so many times in that. Uh... <laughs> but yeah, I'm glad. Oh, he's he's got a dirty. He's he's one of the more cerebral guys. He's also one of the derpier guys. Yeah, he it's looks, an, he, an interesting combination. <laughs> he he can look very very derpy. I think he looked derpier when he was blonder. So anyway, my my point is is that. Um, that's, that's good. I, I like it when people think about their game and how to improve it. You know, um, we think that they're all hockey bots and a lot of times, a lot of their answers are very hockey bot ish, but I'm glad that he's like, Hey, you know what? I can do a little bit more to my game because it's not going as well for me. Um, so yeah, I mean, he's scored more goals now than he did with Buffalo last year. So that's great. (laughs) He's he's also now just, you know, uh, it's worth mentioning. He's he's also now in the uh, he's now fourth in the in the um uh, in the team in scoring, which is what you want to see out of your fourth best forward. Mm-hmm. And uh, twenty and thirty one, maybe not as much as you want from him, but like honestly, that's about the ballpark for a six million dollar forward these days in terms of scoring rates. So, um, yeah. So I'm I'm glad that that's happening. It's, it seems to have woken up Pasta. The two of them have a real good connection, again, which makes sense. Fantastic passer. And again, like, chatter about Hall not scoring goals kind of has always missed the point. We've known for a few seasons that's not what he is. <laughs> well, I thought about last night when, uh, when, especially on the second goal, which wasn't actually a direct pass from Taylor Hall to David Pasternak. Taylor Hall took a shot on goal. It rebounded. Pasta caught it with his one skate, kicked it over to his stick, and then was able to hit the open side of the net. So uh, that's good. That's what you want to see. But I was thinking about that mm-hmm. because it's like he, maybe he's going to be the driver and making assists happen rather than the goals happen. And that's fine because Pasta is a goal scorer. Let him score the goals. Yeah. And honestly, that's one thing. That even when they've been absolutely roaring, which is all the time. Pasternak on the first line almost feels like a waste sometimes. Because all three of them are such are such great shooters, right? So why would you put all th- put, put your three best shooters on the same line? Even if several of them are amazing playmakers on top of that. <laughs> why make it so top-heavy? That's, that's always been the complaint. Why is it just one line? And so putting Pasta on the second line, now you can have scoring from two lines. Eric Hella has looked competent for the first time this this season in this in this stretch as well. He's still just a passenger on that line. That is still the biggest biggest gaping hole in the team and holy shit if they tra- if they trade for a bona fide second line center, you know, a hurdle, a Pavelski, a Giroux, someone like that. Watch the fuck out for this team if they do. You want Pavelski so bad. I desperately want to do Pavelski. He has been one of my favorite non-Bruins for years. 
I just think it's cute. I really do. I mean, <laughs> you made a point the other day. He's on an expiring contract and the, the stars are basically doing nothing. So what do you think the likelihood of getting Pavelski is over getting Hurdle? So it depends on what you're trying to do. Okay. If you were trading for Hurdle, you are acquiring someone that's going to be your second, your 2C or God forbid your 1C. In the dark time, in the dark times that come ahead, and if you trade for Hurdle, you're 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 trading for him to the intent of resigning. Basically, it also says that regardless of what happened, regardless of what happens with the thing that we're trying not to talk about, you are going to commit to being trying to be competitive moving forward. If you rent Pavelski, you're pushing all. I view it as you're pushing all in before knowing the bottom's falling out. There's merits to both approaches. Mm -hmm. I actually lean to the latter on the grounds that why you'll lose. Once the bad thing happens, no point in trying to be competitive. Blow it the fuck up when the bad thing happens. (laughs) All right. I think we're going to have to confront the bad thing happening sooner rather than later. It's uh, honestly, I've read some things that Fluto's written. It's like, oh, I think I think Fluto quietly and quietly knows that the bad thing's going to happen. I think I have it in my gut. I know the bad thing is going to happen, but I don't want to talk about it because I don't want to make it happen. Yes, correct. So anyway, so so those trades are are two different angles. And of course, Giroud's another interesting interesting case, although to be honest, Giroud doesn't play center anymore, so I don't know if you really want to roll the dice on that. <laughs> no, I, I like I, the idea of bringing in a Pavelski because it's like, okay, bring him in, and then maybe you can re-sign him again next year if you want to. For for a short term, for short money, just... He's you know, like 36 years old. <laughs> he's like 36 years yeah. old, right? So it's like you want to... He's the same, he's the, he's the, he's the same draft class as Bergeron, yeah. Yeah, so it's like um, this guy is not signing huge long deals anymore. He knows that. And you can make a very nice deal for him, I imagine. You know. And again, Pavelski would be like the solution to the net front on the first unit because that's something he's always done. Trade. He take DeBrusque a- for him. <laughs> well, look, look, seriously, look, like he's, he, he has 40 goal seasons because a big part of it's playing net front on the uh, net front on a power play with Joe Thornton dishing. <laughs> yep. Yep. Well, he can have somebody else dishing. That'll be fine. It's clear that what this team still needs to do is they need, they need, they need, they need to address the two, the two C situation. And yet, people keep getting hyped up about such and such. Usually, left winger because, like, we have like like this loss this loss and cruise chatter. It's like, what the fuck do we need a large, shitty left winger for? We have several of them. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't need it. And then also, like, anytime any defenseman comes available, people start chattering. It's like, what purpose does Jean Klingberg serve on this on this roster? Or God forbid, oh, the Bruin needs a shutdown lefty. I'm like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm just gonna glare at you in Derek Forbort. <laughs> now, look, the only defenseman that's allegedly available that piques my interest is Jacob Chik- uh, Chikrin, because, like... Yes. I mean, that's a trade that if you're capable of doing it, you do. You find a way to make it work. Because, like... Like, that's the player they wanted. That's the player they've allegedly been searching for a couple years now to pair with McAvoy. Explicitly. <laughs> 
my yes was an explanation you know oh yeah because <laughs> yes that's it that's all you needed right <laughs> yeah i think the thing is is that people uh, they don't quite understand defense i think that they they think defensemen should all of them should be offensive or all of them should be stay at home they don't think that there should be a mix of both this is the stingiest team this is the stingiest team in the league why the fuck would anyone say we need to get a defense needs to get a defenseman at all unless it's a uh, unless it's an absolute gift horse which is what trick would be yeah but like there's no reason to I don't fucking get it. That's all. Because they <laughs> confuse the Bruins' lack of scoring for a lack of defense. Or, or for, uh, well, is, that, that's what it problems is. problems with this team had been goaltending. Is what it is. And that seems to be fixed in a variety of ways and from multiple angles. The problem, the singular problem is the fucking 2C. And I don't understand why no one on fucking Twitter seems to get that that is the problem with this team. <laughs> Yeah. yeah like it's simple it's a simple one to point to so why do people shriek about anything else because Eric Holla is the goat he's a literal fucking goat like eats tin cans and shit <laughs> Eric Holla has the the worst finish name Eric I will not stand for this Eric Holla slander <laughs> Absolutely not. But you, even you, have to understand that his name is not a great Finnish name. I will not agree to that stipulation. <laughs> How many U's are in it? Just one. It's all you need. No. The two A's are not There's right no next to each other. Yeah. It's all you need. He has he has absolutely no superfluous vowels. Every vowel in that name serves a purpose. <laughs> yeah. One day, what kind one of as opposed to as opposed to say Vakanine, and whose name doesn't even fit on his shoulders, which I thought hilarious <laughs> last night. Yeah, <laughs> one letter that actually a smaller font. What you confuse <laughs> for the worst Finnish name I see is the most efficient one. Seb uh, uh, Aho, I would like a word. <laughs> what was that? I said Seb Aho would like a word. <laughs> no. no, a very He's small a word. <laughs> Eric Howla does not have a Star Wars name, and you have to admit that. No, I'm not willing to admit that. Tim, we're going to agree to disagree here. But anyway, look, Howla is working out right now as 2C, but could there be a better option? Yes. Is it on the Bruins? No. Should it be on the Bruins by the deadline? I hope fucking so. I, yeah. yeah. You know what? Bruins are, but they're in the fourth spot in the East right now. They're in a wild card slot. There are lots of teams that have played more games than them, so they have some games in hand. But realistically, Florida, Tampa Bay, and and Toronto right now are well in their slots. I, I Bruins are not catching those teams. They are not. Um, Toronto has 47 points in 33 games. Boston has 38-31. They are not catching into They are not making top three Atlantic. They are a wild card team. That's fine. Currently, they have a three-point lead on the neck, uh, on Detroit with four games in hand. Yep. They, they, this Bruins, unless something goes wrong, this team is making the playoffs. Right. But if they want to make a run, they need a 2C. Yes. Okay. 
that is something we, I mean, not that we've been disagreeing at all. I'm just saying that we as Bruins fans, every Bruins fan out there should agree that if they want to make a run in the playoffs, if they want to do it for Tuca, if they want to do it for whomever, because I'm not saying the bad thing, if they want to do it for whomever, you need a 2C. So that's what you should be in the market for. Without a 2C, I do not think they win a seven-game opening series against Florida or Tampa, whoever wins that wins the Atlantic. Um, They need a 2C to have a hope of making it to the second round. Without it, they'll be competitive, but they won't win it. (laughs) You're going to need to make sure you do something to to have teams not take a run at players like Pasta. Like last night, Sorelli was all over him, and I was just like, I wanted to just go beat the shit out of him. And this is this sort of ties into why I don't really understand what Trent Frederick is for. <laughs> yeah, because he ain't stopping that. And beyond that, he doesn't really seem to serve a purpose. So, yeah. We don't have really um, pugilistic D-men anymore. So you can't really count on them to do that. We got two big guys that can hurt people, but that's not what they do. <laughs> yeah. Um, I bet if Carlo wanted to, he could dismantle most people at a fight, just in terms of the fact that he's got those long, gangly orangutan arms. <laughs> I think Carlo is more like to hit you, more likely to want to hit you into oblivion mm-hmm. than to actually fight you. And I wish he would do more of that. I, I agree. You know, if he was a fighter, it would be like Chara. You hold, you, you, if you long arm him, holding the guy's shoulder, most players aren't going to be able to reach him. Did you notice this year on the roster, he's listed at six six. How did Brandon Carlo grow in the last year? That's not usually what happens in one's mid-20s. No, it's not. In those circumstances, I wish the D would just like kind of be like, oh, yeah, I'm going to fucking hit you. <laughs> and there's nothing you can do about it. You know, I want one of the guys who are like 6'3", six, 6'5", six, go and make people just regret it. Just do it. Last night, there was some guy sitting on top of Charlie Coyle off, off the face-off, and I'm like stop it and and because we couldn't read the numbers on the other team god those jerseys are so bad they are so bad i mean i i, I, lo- I love the bolt on the on, on the hockey pants that's a neat touch and even with the color scheme on the pants not bad but those jerseys terrible well they've <laughs> always had the bolt on the on the side of the pants honestly this was the first time i've ever noticed it yeah they've <laughs> always had the bolt on the uh, the blue and you know how i noticed it for sure because um uh, there was somebody at uh, the Foxborough uh, League who was wearing the Bolts pants, and they had the Bolts all down the the side. Okay. So I've always anyway, loved that, but anyway, these anyway these black ice ass jerseys, like no, bad. no, 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 they're bad. They're bad. I couldn't read any numbers, and it was really annoying, and I hated it. So anytime somebody did something stupid on the Bolts, I just said Sorelli. <laughs> Stop it, Sorelli. Sorelli! Stop being an asshole, Sorelli. Because a lot of times it was him. So the other times I just assumed it was him too. That's fair. It is fair. I think it's very fair. So anyway, so uh, the Bruins, when they play, you would not expect that from the Bolts, except the Bolts tend to be like dirty. Like these small, dirty things that they do. So don't let them do it. Don't let them get away from it little, with it. Just, so. just a little ticky tacky, just a little ticky tacky felt, right? That's the thing. Yeah, yeah. It's something that's never going to get called, but it's just enough to, you know, to like they're just trying to intimidate. Um, don't let them get away with it. I mean, you can show you're not intimidated by scoring all the goals you want, and that's what they did last night. 
now we need to shift to the other part of the the unhappy part of the pasta being on the second line. Yes. So this week, Ty Anderson wrote an article based on a translation of a Czech interview with David Krejci. And Krejci expressed how it was very interesting how David Pasternak was now down on the second line, right wing, and how that could never happen when he was on the team. And that he had expressed an interest in having that happen because the two of them loved to play with, again, uh, you know, alongside each other. Um, how Cassidy said it wasn't possible, but now it is. So that's a little shade uh, being thrown Cassidy's way by Krejci, which I don't blame him one bit for expressing that. I'm sure that he expressed it at the time, obviously, when asking, and he might have been pissed off about it, but there's nothing he could do about it. Well, there was something he could do about it, and he did it. Yeah, like, I'm not, like, necessarily convinced the reason he left is because of it, but, like, you could convince me. I am absolutely convinced that from, what was it, 2014 or 15 until 2020, they gave him scraps to work with and not real players that were going to work out until last season when they finally got Taylor Hall and, and Craig Smith together. I mean, like he had some windows, right? Like, but the problem is, is they never, he for years didn't overlap on either side, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like for example, he and he got Louis Erickson in the aftermath of the, uh, of, of the 14-15 fiasco. And that worked out well in 15-16. Very well. Damn it, that team should have traded Louis Erickson for another, for, for, a, for, for, for a first plus at the deadline because he was in the middle of a 30 goal season. Anyway, moving on. And then, of course, Erickson leaves. Mm-hmm. Then DeBrusque joins the team. Two years later, in the meantime, Krejci's been fucking around with the Bolesky's and the Jimmy Hayes's and the David Backus's of the world. <sighs> and DeBrusque was not consistent. Oh, yeah. And then, 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 then DeBrusque is only, good, is only good for like two years. Then they get him a right winger. Or first they get him a right winger and Kasha just, you know, Kasha's. And they get Craig Smith, who starts slow. That's okay. But then he ends up with Nick Ritchie instead of DeBrusque, which is like, this is like not even just Luch. That's like the Dr. Thunder to Luch's Dr. Pepper. Um. <laughs> I, I just look at it as they did too little with Krejci's line uh, for too long. And finally, when they gave Krejci him... was a gift, and, and it didn't work out. I think part of it also is, well... That ties, I think, to a certain extent into the Sinishin fiasco, but let's not go down that path. We can only they have so much misery for, today. <laughs> they took Krejci for granted. One of my points is that Sinishin was clearly intended to be that second line right wing. Yeah. Yep. When they drafted him. That was what they had in mind, and it did not work out. That's all. Yeah. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yep. That's, you know, so I'm just saying that Krejci, like a good Taurus that he is, said, you know, I'm fine. I'm fine being the second guy. I'm, I'm fine not being the, the, the top person here. I do my job. I do it well. But if you're not going to respect me, I'm going to take my puck and my stick and I'm going to go home. And that's what he did. And good for him, honestly. Like, at this point, I don't blame him. I really don't. I, I It's don't, on the Bruins. I don't either. And I just feel like, you know, he said, huh. 
that's interesting that that could happen. Could you imagine what it would have been like had he had pasta more? Like, I don't know, from the start of the season. I'm not saying anything bad about Craig Smith. Okay. I'm just saying that Pasta and, and Krejci, they love playing with each other. That sounds really bad, but go with it. <laughs> you know what I mean. They love playing alongside each other. Um, you know, Pasta, it, like Krejci is his idol and you guys are just squandering this whole thing. He he would imitate him in practice. Anything David Krejci did, mm-hmm. Pasta would do. Why did you not put that together? Literally, all Krejci wanted was pasta, and they gave him dog food. That's like really what it was. Oh God, it's so so frustrating. I like pasta. I do not like Again, dog food. Like, I don't really get it because. Because like it's it's been pretty clear most of the most lines is duos, not as trios. Yeah, that's exactly but, it. That's exactly it. That you could have had a duo. And then. and then and, 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 and this is my single biggest complaint about Bruce and has been since day one, is he focuses too much on that trio and then a whole fuckload of spare parts. Spread the wealth some. And I understand for a long time the team was convinced that it was Krejci DeBrusque was the duo. The team was wrong. Oh my god. They were very wrong. I mean, they were a duo in the fact that they were on the same line together, but they weren't doing much. When you when you saw Krejci come alive last year after the gut haul, I'm not I'm not saying it was absolutely immediate, but when they build up a little chemistry and Krejci just there's like that one goal that's not even Krejci's goal, but he drove that goal all the way down. It was finally Taylor Hall's to finish off. It was just all you can think of is the crazy part of that, that you're, you convince yourself that it was him that scored it. He just was a different player. He was the Matrix again. It was just he was slowing down time and space and just going through it. And, and you know, and here's the thing is and all this you can say is like, well, they re-signed Hall, but it was it was too late. It was all he'd he'd. he'd I think it's quite clear Krejci made up his mind months earlier. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Whether or not he communicated that to the team is a different question. I'm not even going to comment on that because that starts getting into the pay, into the conspiratorial thinking. But he'd made his decision. And I can't I still can't blame him. I he was a good soldier for so long. That's what it was and he just got tired of it. Anyone would in his situation. Literally anyone. Any fan out there, put you put yourself in a situation where you could do your job better or more efficiently if you had better people surrounding you and you just get sick of it and leave. Like, that's exactly what happened. Anyone would do it. I don't think it's too conspiratorial. Or it's not too conspiracy too much of a conspiracy theory to think that uh, David Krejci knew when they signed Taylor Hall that he wasn't coming back. Well, I think conspiratorial is whether or not Sweeney knew earlier. I don't, I don't know. I don't think it matters. Honestly, even if he knew what the fuck else was he going to do, who was available? Yeah. Well, I'm just saying, but he, he played it <laughs> up as if saying like, Oh, David just needs some more time. I think he knew. He knew he just didn't want to come out with it because he needed something else to break so no. that it would. Well, he and again, a Super Bowl he, parade. 
<laughs> well, and again, the big thing there is like, sweetie, you're, you're probably right. Sweetie, sweetie, A, knew it was going to happen, and B, knew there was almost nothing he could do to fix it because there just wasn't the parts available. It's pretty clear that we dodged a bullet by not dropping a bunch of a bunch of assets on Dvorak, for example. Yep. But 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 I'm just saying this. Be fucking honest with us as fans. We're the people who buy the tickets. We're the buy the people who buy the merch. We're the people who talk about them all the time and keep them relevant. Okay? Be honest with us. Stop being cowards. Okay? The one thing I have been consistent about in my thoughts in this last month is that I am done with Don Sweeney and Cam Neely. I'm done with them. In a way, I don't want the team to to fucking like tank it because these guys need to go. So I have a I have a somewhat different view. Cam's got to go. Cam's got to go yesterday. I'm sorry. Um as, as, as president, as team president, he's, he's, he's like the, driving the bus on fundamental philosophical issues. I saw something suggested in case caveat emptor. It's the caveat lector because the source was Ryan Lambert. But, oh, and he and he hates the Bruins. He suggested he suggested the Bruins should fire Cam, promote Sweeney, and hire a more forward-looking GM. And I thought about that. It's like, honestly, yeah. Because Sweeney mostly does good good work. There's just some underlying philosophy things that trip him up on a regular basis. Cam Neely will come out and say the game has changed since the time that he played and the game is a faster game, blah, 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 blah. blah. But philosophically, he is not bought into that. He says the game's changed, but he thinks it shouldn't have, basically. Yeah. I, I, think that's, <laughs> I think that's what it is. And you know what they say, too, with that? You either die a hero or you live long enough to see yourself become the villain. And I mean, that's you don't, what it is. You don't hire your own team's heroes. No, it doesn't work well. You don't fucking. It means like sometimes it does. Like, but for every Joe Sackick, you end up you you you, you end up with uh, that's a good example. Well, what's a good counter example? Fuck, doesn't matter. Wayne Gretzky. Like no. he, he just like, he never played for that team. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but like, but like, stars can be successful front office, but they should never do it for the team they played, the team that they were a star for. John Davidson, because did he play for the Rangers? I mean, uh, was he a did he play? Was he a broadcaster for them? Because he's been both at some point or another. Anyway, the point well, is, is you want your team's heroes to stay heroes, and by putting them in coaching or front office positions, you do that. The team is going to do one of two things. What's going to happen? Or two, one of two things, or or. Increasingly both. The fan base is going to turn on their hero, or you're going to hold on way too long and the fan base is going to turn on the team. I am right. I am yeah, right. I am right. Yeah, he played okay. for the Rangers. Yep. And he got fired so, by like, the Rangers. Yeah, he did. And that's why I think, I honestly think Sweeney, Neely's holding Sweeney back. Sweeney is a good GM. And almost every mistake he makes screams like it has, it screams to me that it has Neely's fingerprints all over it. I could I could definitely buy that because I think where Sweeney where Neely is reluctant to change I don't th- I don't think Sweeney is I don't think I think Sweeney's more able to adapt to a changing game than nearly I mean, clearly is I mean one thing is Sweeney's clearly you know prepared to cut bait on his own mistakes I think the Hayes buyout um, uh, 
trade, you know, you know, trading away while retaining both Bolesky and Bacchus, walking away from Kasha and Richie. Like Sweeney is quite prepared to walk to walk away from his own mistakes. He doesn't double down. And some of those I don't think are really his own mistakes. Like, do you really think that the Hind and Richie swap was a Sweeney thing? Because it stinks of Cam to me. Always has. Yeah, just not even bigger. commenting on whether or not it was actually a good trade or not. I have mixed feelings on the matter. You know, Heinen, Richie was better for Boston than Heinen was for for the Ducks, which is people you know people pointing to Heinen's performance this year in Pittsburgh has no bearing on anything. How is he doing I, besides scoring the first goal of the season and stuff? He's been decent, but like people have been overhyping it. It's just it's, it's, it's not been he's been good, but not phenomenal. Right. Meanwhile, of course, Richie's been absolute. I mean, has been it was, has been successfully waived by the Leafs in the last couple of days. And yet he was playing the game last night. So, okay, waving doesn't anyway, mean anything though, anymore. Yeah. Yeah. But so anyway, like I, I, I think a lot of the of the ugly moves have been Cam, and I think Cam's got to go. That's that's just my opinion, though. But I'll defend Sweeney for the time being. So I want to see him Camless. All right. All right. That you know what? We don't have to agree. I I'm I'm basically like right now I'm so frustrated that I wanted to clear uh I wanted to clean house. I don't want to get rid of Cassidy, but I can also think like, well, until he started moving things around in a way that's, you know, because he he seemed too rigid, which is weird for for him. And I feel like the Sacco I wonder yeah, I think having to stand back and watch for 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 a couple of weeks when he went on COVID protocol. Yep, I think that might have been very good for him as a coach. I think that was great for him as a coach because I feel like sometimes there's a value in sitting on the ninth floor and taking a look at the game, and that's what he basically had to do, right, for two weeks. I mean, he had to sit at home and watch it on TV. I think, but but it's the okay, it's <laughs> yeah. the analogy. It's not the same thing. But yeah. yes, that's that's kind of what happened to him. And, and he got to take a look at what Sacco did. Who, and Sacco right away was just like, we're going to mix some things up. And it was like they won games that I didn't think they had any business winning because I thought, well, they're going to get beat by the Oilers and the Flames and whatever. And they didn't. So uh, that was a really successful road trip that I had zero confidence in at all. Yeah. And that's great. That's wonderful. Prove me wrong as a fan. If I'm not believing in you, you pro- prove me wrong. And and basically, the Bruins are not in a terrible spot. It's just that they can be better, and I want them to be better. And that's where what the problem is. And I, I can see where it's like they can make a first-round exit in the playoffs right now if they don't do some things. And I'm just – I don't want that. But again, I think one addition, and this team is actually a legitimate contender – they're playing well. They just have, they just don't have had the pieces to, to deliver to, up to their underlying. And I think we're this close to getting to getting that sorted out. I would love it. Do it tomorrow. Just get it done. Yeah. So we should talk about some injuries. Uh, apparently, Charlie Coy, uh, Charlie Coyle. Let's try that again. Charlie McAvoy has a lower body injury. I'm sorry. That was a really brief, uh, very quick transition, but. Um, we, we we've we've been going for a while on that. Yeah. No. Yeah. So. <laughs> I wanted to just. And we started talking ourselves in circles. Yes, yes, yes. And you know what? I think that um, what we're talking about is very philosophical about the team, and it will be a conversation that will continue to happen. So yes. So it's fine. We can we can move on. Uh, so uh, the the McAvoy injury. Do we know anything about this? Mm, no, we just know he's lower body and he's day to day. Okay. Yeah. It hasn't been a problem. 
yet. That's good. Call-ups have been mm-hmm. working. The defense is arguably playing just as well, if not – well, they're playing as well as they can, so that's good. So it, it, it's not burning them right now. I just hope that uh, he comes back soon because, well, it's better to have a whole team. But, you know, I've, I've gotten to the point with injuries where I'm just like, you know, maybe sometimes it's good for a, a, a player to have an injury and have some time off. But of course, like right now, does someone need right now? Does anyone need time off? They just had a two week break. <laughs> yeah, but you know what? If it's going to keep him a little bit fresher as time marches on and we get into these terrible, terrible schedules like March. Sure. God, March and April are going to let's be terrible. Like, I don't even have the stamina to watch that many games in that period of time <laughs> as a as a fan. <laughs> OK, well, anyway, so so so, so McAvoy. Day to day, lower body injury doesn't really sound serious the way the team's talking about it. But like, eh, hopefully we get him back right soon. <laughs> Obviously, we talked about uh, Jakob Zaborl, who is now out with an ACL injury, which has been repaired, and that's great. So good for him. So obviously, Nick Felino got injured in last night's game. I did not actually see the play that happened. I was talking boomer in last night but anyway and i didn't want to go back and watch it because sometimes i get a little ooped by it uh, i have a feeling his left knee is ruined oh no yeah if you're if you're squeamish don't watch the injury i, I will not like it didn't look as bad when they were helping him off the ice because he did stand up on his own but like he still got helped off the ice, and but watching it the way it twisted, I'm just like, nope. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, that's terrible. I I hope that it's not as badly damaged as we think it is. We'll find out in the coming days or not. I mean, they didn't really give too much of an update on Zaboral until they said, "Hey, he had surgery." So, uh, poor Felino. So good luck to him. I hope it's not that bad. Uh, but it looks pretty bad. It looks pretty grim. And that's, I mean, we have COVID people, right? Yep. DeBrusque might be playing Monday, I believe. Something I saw something from Cassidy after the game yesterday. Don't remember seeing anything about Noshik. Yep. And like, who cares on the, and who cares on the matter of Coolman? Just like, why? I mean, whatever. Right. And, <laughs> and we, and we know that the uh, NHL has now, uh, it, they, they uh, amended the CBA to have taxi squads, which is great and fine. It allows the games to happen, but the players are not going to the Olympics. I think we can talk about this at great length at another time. Maybe the next podcast we can talk about that, but I'm frustrated by it. Are you? I know Brad's frustrated by it. Brad's enraged. He should be. It's his like shot, his one and only shot to go. Well, that's just it. Like, I, 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 there was a piece from by LeBron uh, to, to, about how this bad, bad this is for, for for Crosby, and my only response is just fuck right off. Crosby's done this many times. Who cares? Crosby's gotten two. He's got has two gold medals. Crosby will probably still get invited to be the elder statement in twenty in twenty twenty six, even though he'll be like thirty eight. It's that- it's Brad and Steve Stamkos that are really getting fucked over here because they are not going to get another opportunity. Um, yeah, that absolutely sucks. Um, like I said, we can go into this greater at another time. I think that we just need to touch uh, on that just a little bit. Very, very sucky. Indeed. I put out something the other day 
uh, on our, our Twitter page saying like, hey, we took an unexpected hiatus. So I wanted to see if there were things that people wanted to talk about. First of all, I wanted to say that I also put this on, on Facebook and Russ Hallowell uh, chimed in with, I miss David Krejci. Same, same, all of us. And we did talk about the Krejci situation. So, so that's good. Thanks for reaching out. And then we had, I'm a Green Mountain Girl, who's a good fan. She said, you'd be remiss if you didn't talk about, one, Brando's reaction to his goal the other night. Good old Brando <laughs> Carl Rissian. Not expecting to score that goal. He was just like, uh, okay, sure. <laughs> oh, I love it when he scores a goal. He needs to score like seven more goals. So, so my prediction can be right. Two, Freddie, back-to-back gold and physical games. Ooh, you're not going to like all the stuff we've said about Freddie. Sorry. I mean... He's definitely a player on the Bruins that wears number 11. Uh, That's definitely something that's happening with Freddie. I'm glad he's one of the 14. No, he's one of the the forwards who has scored. That is fantastic. But man, he can't get out of his own way sometimes. I, I love it when Freddie's on right and like, you know, he's like, hey, Tom Wilson, you're so big and tough. And that's we're going to get to see that again tomorrow night. That's going to be fantastic. But, you know, sometimes it's he's very hard to watch. Very cringy. What was it? The Minnesota game where he had he played he had like nine minutes of ice time and 16 minutes of penalty minutes. So that's yeah. a certain skill That is definitely a skill. again. I mean, when healthy or I suppose if healthy, depending on what happens with the Felino situation, I just don't see how. Frederick fits on the roster. I want if I only interested in the fourth line of of of, of Noshik, Bleed, and, and Lazar at this point. Mm. He's a spare part. I think it's time to accept that. <laughs> yeah, that, I mean, this is his second NHL year. So, come on, get it together, buddy, or don't. But don't take up a spot that's needed for somebody else. Three, how much are the bees hated around the league? Twitter absolutely despises them. Oh, God, everybody hates the Bruins. And it's more based on, like, old reputation than anything else. There's an interesting other dynamic there going on right now. Okay. Where a lot of hockey Twitter, the analytics portions of hockey Twitter, are more bullish on the Bruins than Bruins fans are, which is a very very weird dynamic to me. But then everyone still hates them. (laughs) Everybody hates Brad because they refuse to see the great stuff that he does. They think of him as like the slew footer or the guy who takes a cheap shot, uh, you know, spears some guy or something. They they don't see him for the the pest that he is because he, you know, aside from that slew fit, foot that I still refuse to think was a real slew foot um, that he got suspended for this year. He hasn't been doing that shit. He gets under people's skin. He's very good at that. Well, there's still this weird thing, too, where people like talk about him as being as dangerous a player as your Tom Wilson's of the world. It's like, in what universe is any Slewfoot half as dangerous as the as as, 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 as stuff that Tom, that Tom Wilson does? I don't get it. And it's rooted in just a dislike for Brad Marchand. 
Yeah. Brad has a, a, a personality that people just don't like. And he does that on the ice. And you know what I love about Brad is that he is like he will chirp at you on the ice and he will get under your skin and he'll do the same thing. Last night with uh, Pat Rune trying to get get him going and he was just like, you know, waving the glove saying, you just stop it. And then he put his his hands up to his mouth to say, shh, you know, like enough of you. We're all done with that. I love that stuff. Uh, Brad's really great at, at being like a real character. And I think that Brad Marchand really just does not give a fuck what you think about him. And that is fantastic. That's how it is. Brad knows that his play speaks for itself. And if you refuse to see that, then that's on you. It isn't Brad's problem. Yeah. <laughs> like, as for other things on the Bruins, you know, it's like um, they might be other other teams might want McAvoy. They might want a Bergeron type. I mean, you can't say anything bad about Bergie. There's nothing bad. I mean, like anyone, people try from time to time. They just end up looking like clowns. Yeah. Yeah. Was it Vigneault uh, uh, who was like, oh, Bergy cheats all the time on the face off dot. Well, where are you now? You're fired. <laughs> Bergeron still has a job and he has a very high uh, face off percentage. So screw you. I just sit there and I'm just like, you know. I don't get it myself. I know when I traveled across Canada in 2013, were proudly wearing my Bruins stuff, people would give me the evil eye. So, uh, and on Twitter, I mean, they just, you know, they love to hate you. They just do. But I think that all fans can be like that too, because I fucking hate the Capitals. You can't tell me anything good about the Capitals. I just look at like TJ Oshie. It's like, aside from that one moment in in 2014 in the Olympics, I look at him as a dirty cheap shot artist, uh, and he's a whiny crybaby too. So I just Tom Wilson, all he does is take blindside hits. I mean, he scores some goals too occasionally. Ovi, great, you score all the goals, but you can't play defense, and I guess you can get away with darn it. it, fucking half the way. Ah, oh, the sentient boat shoe. Oh. <laughs> And that's coming from a person who's lived around a bunch of sentient boat shoes. God damn it. I mean, it. You're, you're from a town that is basically just a big boat shoe. So, yeah. like <laughs> just, you, you just, every time, you just got to remind me, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> you just have to, like, stick it in. You're just like, and just twist. Uh, look, I love Newport. You can't say anything bad about it. And I know that sometimes. I mean, it's... I'm not, I'm not knocking it. I'm just like, look, like, like if anyone can find, can, can identify a boat shoe, it's you. Oh, yes, 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 <laughs> yes. I, absolutely. Um, so look, I, I think we all have that, but you know, for some reason, you know, it is that combination of everybody hates Boston because it's the title town, which I don't like to flaunt, but it's like, yeah. Our teams have won a lot um, in the in the, the the 21st century, we'll say. Right. So, yeah. So that's pretty great. But also, you know, it's like uh, and they also like to say, well, Boston's racist as fuck. And I'm like, well, you know what? You do have a point there. But I think it's a little more nuanced than that, because there are racist incidents happening in Chicago and other places uh, in in their their pro rinks and stuff. So that is a discussion for another time. I don't exactly get it myself. I do know that living near Boston, Boston does basically say fuck you even to its own residents. So there you go. I don't know. I, I can't I can't unravel it all right now, but they're pretty hated. 
<laughs> the Bruins and other New England teams are pretty hated around everywhere. So, and then her fourth point is Bergie because Cy. <sighs> How can you not want to talk about Bergie? We also had uh, Jason M chimed in with, "Is Steen here to stay?" I hope so. I I, I can't imagine not like the amount of juice he's bringing. <sighs> Spicy. Yeah, if he and Bleed yeah. can, like, do stuff together, oh, my God. We could have a Swedish yeah, house I mafia. Really see that. I, I don't actually see them playing on the same line much, but, like, it was pretty good when they were. Yeah, well, you know what? <laughs> uh, you never know. You could have a dynamic duo. We'll see. Maybe. Hey, um, a whole being a whole being considerably more than the sum of its parts, because, like, I like Bleed, but, like... I do still think last night was an outlier for him. <laughs> hey, maybe Steen will up his game and then Bleed will be like, ooh, I don't know. We'll see. But yeah, it looks like Steen is here to stay, at least for right now. And what's the worst that happens to him? He goes on the taxi squad for a little bit. Uh, I mean, yeah, he's like, he does well for a bit and then goes down. That happens. Okay. Yeah. I, I, Tim's basically saying there's nothing more for him to do in Providence. So this yeah, is his shot. I mean- I I he I want him to stay. I like Steen a lot. I liked I've liked him since he came over and like there's this like he's taking a significant step forward from last year to this year. Like it's really evident in how he's playing. It's almost like everything's clicked. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? That's kind of what it is. All right. Well, I hope it stays that way. I hope he has much more success. I mean, 5 points in 7 games is not bad. So, just Get an assist, get a goal, you know, do the good stuff on the ice that makes you stay up, uh, even if it's not scoring. Bruce Cassidy, we know he loves a guy on the third line to to play some good defense, make some good checks, just play a good game. So I hope he just stays. It'll be good. All right. So now we have come to the point where we talk about the ever confusing schedule. So... Um, today, of course, recording this is um, uh, Sunday, um, uh, January 9th. Um, we got four games this coming week and uh, three the following week. Uh, starting off tomorrow night, that is the January 10th at 7 p.m. Eastern time in Washington against the Caps. Yep. Um, yep, at the Caps. They come yeah. home, and then they come home for a, a six-game homestand, actually. Oh, yeah. uh, starting on Wednesday the 12th at home against Montreal. It was originally supposed to be an away game, but everything's all fucky now. Yeah, they're they're backloading the the games, hoping that Ontario will clear themselves of the COVID and they can have fans again. So that's why they're 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 rearranging things so that they can play in the other cities. I mean, instead. In Montreal's in Quebec, but like same point. Yes. Yeah. Well. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It's not. <laughs> I'm sorry. I forgot. You guys have lots of provinces up there. Provinces. Anyway, go ahead. Um, And then, of course, back-to-back. So the next night, they're playing at home against Philadelphia, 7 p.m. Eastern time at the Garden. And then a Manatee game on the 15th, that is Saturday, against Nashville. It's actually, like, an interesting run this week. Like, Wow, yeah. Apart from, like... Like I mean, like I don't like the Caps, but like that's always an interesting game. We have no intention of talking about it on here because, as well as we just explained at length, we hate them. But mm-hmm. yeah, 
And then next, then then the following week, they have two days off. And on the 18th, this is an important game, not just because it's at home against Carolina, but more importantly, because that is going to be the Willie O'Ree retire number retirement ceremony. Yay! I'm glad you mentioned it because if you didn't, I was going to. I'm very excited about that. I got a shirt in commemoration. Oh, nice. Yes. Now I'm curious to see if this causes the league to re the the Hockey Hall of Fame to revisit whether or not he should be in as a player and not just as a builder. Uh, Probably I not. I would hope so. Uh, I know. But again, what he's a Hall of Famer for is for having been a player, even if it was only a couple of games. That doesn't make him a builder. But anyway. Well, I mean, he's a builder in what he's done with hockey. I mean, you know, uh, he's played in pro leagues like his whole life. Because yeah. if you've read his uh, his biography or his autobiography, he, he continued to play in pro leagues, just not the NHL. And um, but then it's what he, he was put in the end, uh, the, uh, the the uh, Hall of Fame for what he did after where he's like really been a grower of the game. Amongst oh, oh, and I agree. Yeah. And I agree. I'm not saying you shouldn't be in this as, as a builder, but like there's guys that are in under multiple categories. Ah, OK, there we go. All right. Cool. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm very excited that they're going to retire his jersey. I'm glad that they didn't do it last year. I'm glad fans get to be there. Um and uh, I think it's going to be really exciting to see. And I hope that people outside the market get to see the ceremony. They, You'll get to see it in some way. But I, I think that's a really important night. So I'm, I'm looking forward to, to – I'm definitely watching that night. So And listeners, this goes without saying, but if you encounter someone on the internet saying, then what is he doing retiring his number? He had, like, you played like two NHL games, block them. Never speak to that person again. You don't need, you don't need them in your life, even if they're like your sibling. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> because if you don't understand the significance of uh, of uh, the the NHL breaking the, uh, the breaking of the color barrier in the NHL, you don't need that in your life. <laughs> you know that yeah. person. So anyway, so of course we're only partway through this homestand. From there, on the twentieth, that's the following they did two days later on the Thursday. It's at home against the Caps. Yeah, seven p.m. Eastern time. And then two days later, the 22nd, at home against Winnipeg with a 3 p.m. Eastern start. What in the actual <sighs> fuck is that? I hate these dumb man- uh, manatee times. I do. Ugh. I mean, let's just admit, I don't really want to watch that game. <laughs> like, 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 Winnipeg's just so... Winnipeg. Eh. Look, Paul Maurice, he he resigned from the team because he just said, I have taken them as far as they can. And I know I've been coaching long enough to know they need a new voice to guide them. Basically, what he's saying is I should be fired, but my GM's not going to do it. So I quit. Yeah. Which like got to got to respect that. Like that's a level of self-awareness. No one has. Yeah. <laughs> And this isn't the last we'll see we've seen of Paul Maurice. Um, he'll be back because he's actually, despite having coached an absolutely enormous number of games, he's quite young because he started coaching for um, Hartford in like his thirties. <laughs> that said, you know the thing about the about the Canes is uh, they won their Stanley Cup during a during an interregnum between Paul Maurice stints. Oh, ouch! Yeah, that yeah, was uh, Peter Laviolette that won the cup for him. I know, I know. But yeah, but yeah, he'd been, he'd been a coach with, with the Hartford and like he took them to their first appearance in the finals and a few you know, before the lockout, a couple years before the lockout. And then uh, 
got fucked. Either left or got fired. He was with the Leafs at the time, I think. Then Canes won the cup. Glad he let moved on. They brought Maurice back because that's rough. <laughs> mm, yeah, that's got to suck. But anyway, yeah. So, I mean, if you're into watching Blake Wheeler, then there you go. Three o'clock. Next. No, you're not watching Blake Wheeler. Blake Wheeler's out with a knee injury, and there's been no talk, but like my guess is it's probably a season ender. <laughs> All right, so um, how about no? <laughs> no, it's just, it's just that game is really just a sentient version of the Kyle Connor uh, 25th draft, 2015 draft discourse, mostly, even though like I can't imagine a player of the ones that the Bruins were supposed to have drafted there that's more likely to have been traded now because like he doesn't play defense. <laughs> he's one he is one of the worst defensive players in the league <laughs> oh man okay wow um all right so there you have it uh oh actually well um assuming we're going to record on the 23rd well, you know, it doesn't matter. Okay, so we got a couple of games to look at here. Um, there's uh, the Montreal. There's definitely one Washington game. I don't want to talk about... Well, I mean, we could do a Washington. I mean, Washington. Montreal's Montreal. We know they're, all, they're ones we always watch. And then, like, the Carolina game because it's the... Uh, oh, yeah, the Carolina. Because Kings are exciting and Willie O'Reilly. So there's it. Those are the games we, we will be for sure watching. Um in the next two weeks. Yeah. Isn't, isn't Nashville quietly at the top of the central? Yeah. Because I'm um, uh, Saros, despite being three feet tall is, uh, is, is go absolutely going off right now is the big part is most of it. Well, I, you, you all know, I'm going to be watching that game because Roman, you'll see. Well, I know you're going to be watching that game pants off, but still, um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> You're not you, wrong. you got nothing, huh? <laughs> <laughs> you know, th- this is why I'm glad to be a girl if we can wear a skirt. Anyway, okay. <laughs> well, then, um, that just raises question. Ah, uh, yeah, it does. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, um, yeah, we'll figure out this. This uh, it definitely we'll be watching that Carolina game, and I would imagine one of the other Washington games, but we could maybe tell you, ask you which one of the Washington games you want us to talk about. I don't know. Anyway, there you go. That's your schedule. We'll figure it out. <laughs> I'm so like loosey goosey right now. Anyway, um, I think we should probably just wrap it up. Okay. Uh, so you listeners, you've been listening to barely on topic. You can find us uh, anywhere. Your favorite podcasts are found everywhere. Um, <laughs> um, you can uh, talk to us on Facebook. We're at Barely on Topic Podcast. And on uh, Twitter, we're at Barely on Topic. And of course, there's always our individual Twitter accounts. I, for one, am at Dr. Hand Grenade. I am at Tim A. Richardson. And I am at I'm a Barbie girl living in a Barbie world. Dot org. Also known as. At watching the yeah, watching the preds with my pants off, <laughs> or at VA from RI. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs>